Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this afternoon, Ed Montana. As you can see, today I am flying solo. Uh, we've been very busy. We've uh, put the podcast on hold for a little bit, but we're back in full force. Alex will be with me soon, not on this podcast, but he'll be back with me soon enough. He's training hard, working hard, living hard, uh, living, living, living a good life, but he's a busy man. As am I. That's the way it goes sometimes. But never fear. We are back once again. And I am very, very happy to be with you on this fine, fine Wednesday afternoon. The day after the World Series. Now, we would have had a Game 7 of the World Series. But we don't. Because the Braves beat the Astros last night to win Game 6. And win the 2021 World Series Four games to two. Now, I want to start off by congratulating the Houston Astros. After 18 months or 24 months of incredible divisiveness in this country, political, racial, all kinds of serious issues that have divided this country, the Astros did what no politician could do. They brought the entire country together, except for the state of Texas, and rooted for one cause. And that was to root on the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series. Now, I was not one of those guys because I'm just not that way. If my team's not in it, I don't care who wins. I just want to see a lot of baseball. So, I was not one of them. But for the most part, it seemed like the entire country was rooting against the Astros and rooting in favor of the Atlanta Braves. Not because everyone's a big Atlanta Braves fan, but just because no one wanted the Astros to win. The Astros are a good baseball team. They're a very good baseball team. But their smugness about the sign-stealing scandal, their insistence that they didn't cheat, their passing on going to the All-Star game because they didn't want to deal with the repercussions, them complaining about other teams cheating as well, it just has made them really one of the most hated teams in the country. And in spite of the fact that Fox did a fantastic job of not even coming close to touching the subject, which I think is good, on the biggest stage, which is the World Series, don't talk about that garbage. I'm fine with it. Have no problem. I think that's great. But fans don't forget. And fans did not forget. And so they were still the most hated team in baseball. It's incredible to me that they were actually more hated than the Yankees, more hated than the Red Sox, more hated than the Dodgers, or any other big spending team that most of the country seems to hate on any given day. Um, The Astros have just become really America's whipping boy. And it's unfortunate because there are a lot of good players there, but uh, at the same time, you reap what you sow. And this is what they have built for themselves with the scandal, with the way they've chosen to handle the scandal. And, you know, it's it's going to take a while. Now, what's going to be very interesting is what's going to happen uh, with some of these guys, you know, as the years go on. Uh, the, we'll, we'll st- we're going to start to get a feel for what's going to happen with Carlos Correa. Uh, Carlos Correa is a free agent, but... Uh, By all accounts, he is going to want a monster deal. He's going to want a Lindor-type deal, a 
Bryce Harper type deal. He's going to want $300 plus million for 10 years, 12 years, whatever it is. He's going to want a he, he's going to want a 300, 330, maybe 350 million dollar deal. Now, is he going to get it? I don't know. There's a lot of good middle infielders that are on the market um this offseason. Uh you got Simeon, you got Seager, um there's another one that escapes me right now, but there's quite a few guys out there that are available. Correa is the biggest name. And Correa has been outspoken against the criticism that the Astros have received and has been very defensive of certain teammates on on the Astros that he has come out and really defended tooth and nail and sometimes even rubbed other players the wrong way. See Joe Kelly of the Dodgers. So it's going to be interesting, A, what kind of contract he's going to get, where is he going to land, and B, how is he going to be received in those in that new town? Uh, let's say he goes to, I don't know, Cleveland. How is he going to be received there? Um, what if he goes to New York? What if the Yankees sign him? What if he goes to Philadelphia? Although I don't, I don't think Philadelphia will sign another three hundred million dollar player. But you get my point. How will that new town receive him? Will he? Well, they say, hey, we'll let bygones be bygones. You're ours now. We love you. I don't know. But we're going to start to see how that goes. And eventually, over time, that's going to go away. These Astros will move on um, or retire or get traded, whatever. And um, and we'll see how it shakes out for them. But uh, there's no doubt in my mind that most of the country was rooting for the Braves. Um <clears throat> Because of their dislike of the Astros. Now, with that being said, I'd be remiss to not talk a little bit more about the Atlanta Braves. When we started this podcast, we started it. The first podcast we did, the first episode of the Positive Sports Podcast, was the day after, the day after Philadelphia beat New England in the Super Bowl. I don't remember what number that was. Number whatever. 50, 52. 51, whatever, whatever, I don't know. But it was the day after, and we spoke for quite a while about Next Man Up. We talked, we we praised Nick Foles about how he stepped into a situation at the tail end of the season after Carson Wentz had had basically an MVP-type season and had taken the Eagles through the playoffs in the NFC into the Super Bowl against the Big Bad Patriots and beat them in the Super Bowl. And it was next man up. And I couldn't help but remember that episode of the Positive Sports Podcast as I was watching the game last night. In fact, I actually went back and watched that podcast again to hear some of the things that we said. And it was amazing the parallels that I see with the Braves. Um, The Braves in 2021 overcame some incredible obstacles uh I I mean I left the Braves for dead in July when when Acuña went down with the knee injury that he was going to be out for the season I pretty much said well that's the end of the Braves there's no way there's no there's no way there's no coming back there's no coming back from this they're they're not in a great division but they're not a great team to begin with and you know now they've lost their their best star 
But what they did not lose was their leadership. And the manager, Snitker, Freddie Freeman, who is undoubtedly the leader of that team, those men did not stop pushing towards winning baseball games and driving that team forward as best they could. Then they lost Ozuna due to some domestic issues. He received an indefinite suspension from Major League Baseball and is still not back. Um, Again, the injuries. Soratka got hurt. Um, During the World Series, Charlie Morton got hurt. Broke his leg. Um, Well, he didn't break his leg. One of the Astros broke his leg with a line drive back up the middle. But I digress. Um, You know, they lost their... Probably their best pitcher during the World Series. But somehow, they kept pushing forward. They made some deals to pick up key players. Uh, Edwin Rosario ended up being a great pickup. Jock Peterson from the Cubs in the trade deadline deal. That ended up being a great pickup. Uh, Soler from Kansas City, who I swear that guy looks like he gets bigger every time he walks up to the plate. They made some deals got the pieces together, but the core kept working forward, kept moving the team forward. Next man up, everyone does their part. They kept pushing. The division never really ran away from them because even though they were behind several games, I want to say eight or nine games at the All-Star break, they you know, they, they kept going. They did not stop. Um, they, knew, they knew that the division wasn't great. And it was always within their reach. They knew that the Mets, even though the Mets were in first, were not a great team or flawed. They were going through the injuries as well. They knew that the Phillies, although ahead of them, they were not a great team. They knew they could catch them. And they kept pushing and they did not give up. Now, I heard a great comment during the World Series that Snick, <laughs> the manager Snitker says... He doesn't even look at the standings until the All-Star break, which kind of makes sense. But look, at the end of the day, you know, come the All-Star break, you've lost more than you've won. You're under 500. The team didn't see 500 or get above 500 until, I want to say it was August 10th. So an incredible amount of perseverance by that team. Came into the playoffs. They had to face the big bad Dodgers, who, by the way, beat them last year in the playoffs in, uh, in Texas. Remember last year we had the bubble playoffs. And they stood up to them and beat them. Uh, Came into the series against the big bad Astros. And the Astros, by most accounts, were going to win this series. They They had the much better lineup. They had decent pitching. They had a good bullpen. Blah, blah, blah. Well, not so fast, my friends. Because the Braves were not going to be denied. The Braves have seen had seen obstacles all year long. All year long, all season long, with injuries, with suspensions, with trades. They had seen it all, all year long. They were not going to be intimidated by the Dodgers over the course of seven games. They were not going to be intimidated by the Astros in a seven-game series. They just weren't. They had seen it all. They had been through too much. And they did an exceptional job of clutch hitting, clutch pitching, and eventually ended up winning the World Series, and now they are crowned your 2021 World Series champions. My hat's off to the Atlanta Braves, the entire organization. They have been a class organization throughout. 
Um, over the last 20 years, they've been 20, actually more like 30 years, they've been a class organization. Um, and, you know, they, they deserve it. As many times as they went to the playoffs in the 90s and came up short here with no chance, apparently, they end up winning the whole ball of wax. Um, they went up against a Dodgers team that everyone thought was going to win the World Series, a team that's been favored to win the World Series, I think, for the last five years. And if I'm not mistaken, they're already favored to win the 2022 World Series. But look, it's just not that easy. And I think in baseball, more so than in any other sport, it's just, it's hard. It's a long, long season. A lot can happen. And, you know, it's not... It's just not. It's just not going to come easy. They're not just going to hand it over to you. And <clears throat> the Braves showed an incredible amount of perseverance, an incredible amount of moxie, and to be quite frank, complete disregard for these other teams that were supposed to be so much better than them. They only won 88 games during the regular season, and yet here they are lifting the trophy as World Series champions in 2022. Soler is your Soler of all people is your World Series MVP hitting home runs left and right during the World Series including a three-run shot in the first inning yesterday first inning or second inning second inning yesterday last night that put the uh, Braves up 3 nothing and it was a monster shot he absolutely crushed that thing and ended up out of the stadium Across the street. I mean, it was a complete moonshot. But, hey, that's what the guy does. And he is, uh, you know, and he is the MVP and a World Series champion now. As we look ahead to 2022, well, actually, before we do that, I want to go back to the Astros. The Astros are a great offensive team, but there are holes in there. Um... You know, Jordan Alvarez is still a young guy who needs to, you know, who's, who's, who's only going to get better. And we'll see how teams pitch him and will make adjustments such that he can uh, be a more dominant force in that lineup. The Braves completely neutralized him, which I thought was a key, a key thing for them. Um, completely neutralized him. Uh, and and to be fair, dealt with Altuve and Correa as well. Um, not a whole lot of offense from the from the Astros other than two of the six games they happened to win. And look, they didn't have the pitching. They didn't have the pitching all year, and it really got exposed here in the postseason. Now, again, the Astros had to deal with the loss of Lance McCullers, um, which was a big deal for them. Uh, certainly. Certainly could have been a different outcome if he had been there. Um, but when Framber Valdez and Garcia are your 1-2, you don't have much. And so, you know, their pitching just wasn't quite there. Their bullpen, they they, they got some help for at the trade deadline um, and was better than what it was in the beginning of the season. But the starting pitching just wasn't there. The Braves... Again, next man up, right? Charlie Morton goes down, and Ian Anderson pitches a gem uh, in game three. In game three, I believe. Max Fried got touched up a little bit in game two, came back and pitched a very good game here in game six last night. 
And again, it's just next man up. And the Braves just did a fantastic job of that. Never, never, uh, never let themselves get too down about the obstacles they were they were confronted with. Uh, instead, they just found a way over them. They didn't look at the wall and say, "Well, can't get through here." They just said, "How are we going to climb this wall and get on the other side?" And ultimately, that's what they did uh, throughout the season, in the playoffs, and into the World Series. And now they are your 2021 champions. Looking ahead at 2022, look, I, you know, it's early. And of course, you've got all of the same, uh, all of the usual suspects to make a run of the World Series. Baseball has no salary cap, and sometimes salary is the biggest determining factor. But you really got to wait and see how some of these things are going to shake out in terms of free agency. The Blue Jays made a lot of improvement over last year. Uh, the Rays are a very good team. Uh, the Yankees are still good, but they have holes. Uh, the Astros are going to be good again, even if they lose Correa. Um, Milwaukee's a good team. Uh, the Giants prove that they're for real. There's a lot of good teams. It'll be interesting to see the different moves. Um, I always think it's kind of silly when they come out with the odds for 2022, the day after the World Series, because really... The odds really shouldn't come out until you get to uh, spring training and you know what the team is going to look like. Um, <clears throat> but the Dodgers are favored once again, as they have been for the last four or five years, and they only have one World Series to show for it. They may end up being like the Braves of the 90s, right? Consistently really good, consistently in the playoffs, but only one championship to boot. So we shall see how it all shakes out. Now, it's been a few weeks since we've talked, and so the NFL is <clears throat> moving right along. We're eight weeks through the NFL season. There are some surprises, and there are some things that are moving along just as we expected. Uh, let's. I'm, I'm just going to talk about some of the surprises and what I see and what I think is um, really kind of shocking. Um the Chiefs are 4-4, four and four. and before the season started, they were probably the favorite to make it back to the Super Bowl. Um, maybe the Buccaneers were a bigger favorite to make it back to the Super Bowl, but the Chiefs were not far behind. And as the season has gone on, the Chiefs have looked mediocre at best, and every week... I think the same thing. Well, they lost, but that division isn't great, and they'll be okay. Well, they didn't look great. They won, though, so the train keeps moving, and that division isn't so good. They're going to be fine. And so I've watched and watched and watched, and we are now eight games into the season, just short of halfway. There is no real halfway point because they play 17 games this year, so... And at halftime of the game this Sunday, they will be halfway through the season. But let's just call this the halfway point. We're halfway through the season. They are four and four. They're on pace for an eight and nine record or a nine and eight record, however you want to look at it. But what I saw Monday night kicked me right off the bandwagon. I'm off. That's it. I can't defend them anymore. I can't wait for the other shoe to drop. I can't continue to live with the expectation that they're going to revert back to the form that we saw in 2020 and 2019. I just don't see it. This team is just not there. And when I say not there, 
I don't mean physically not there. They're showing up for all the games. But they are mentally checked out. That team looks terrible. Now, hats off to my brother. My brother Alex said um, before the season started that he didn't think the Chiefs were all were going to be all that good. He didn't think they were going to be dominant. I don't know why he said that. I never quite got an answer from him. But that's what he said. And whatever the reason that he had, he's right. Because they have not been dominant. And at this point, they're 4-4. Four and four, And my expectation is that they will not win 10 games. And I don't even know that they're going to win 9. Like, they may be 9-8, and eight, but they may be 8-9. and nine. They may be even worse than that. This is not... They're a good football team. Don't get me wrong. They're a good football team. They've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Patrick Mahomes. They've got speed threats with Tyreek Hill and Hardiman. They've got a, a, a tight end threat with Kelsey. They run the ball okay. Their defense is not bad. But there's something not right with this team. Something is not working. Something is broken. I don't know what it is. But after watching them on Monday night at home against the lowly New York Giants, and it pains me to say that, but the Giants are not a good football team. And they were playing without Saquon Barkley. They have no wide receivers to speak of because I think every last one of them is injured. I think Joe Judge is about to grab a helmet and go play wide receiver himself. That's how many wide receiver injuries they have. Against a team that banged up on offense, they could not stop them from taking the lead in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter. The defense had no sense of urgency. The offense had no sense of urgency. They fumbled. They committed penalties at an alarming rate. I think they had 14 penalties in that game. Against the Giants. 14 penalties against a team that is better than you is understandable. You're doing everything you can to try to stay in the game. And you got caught. But 14 penalties against the Giants? That's a problem. It's They're undisciplined. Now, Andy Reid looks uninterested. Patrick Mahomes even looks uninterested at times. Kelsey fumbled late in the game. The Giants converted that into a touchdown. And Kelsey looked just fine. There's something not right with that team. Just like Alex didn't tell me why he thought they were going to be an average football team before the season started, I can't tell you what exactly is wrong with them. But I know something's wrong. I know when I watch a game against a team that you should beat convincingly, and you squeak it out, and you celebrate afterwards like you won the Super Bowl, I know there's something wrong. I know there's something wrong with that team. Now, I don't know what it is, but there's a problem there. And right now, they look like a 4-4 and team. They look like they're going to be a 8-9 and team or a 9-8 and team. And they do not look like a team that's going to be playing in January. They do not look 
like a football team that we're going to think is going to go to the Super Bowl come playoff time. They do not look like the kind of team that is going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. They do not look like the kind of team that can go into Buffalo in January and win a football game. They do not look like a team that can host the Tennessee Titans in January in Kansas City and win that football game. They don't look like a team that can win in January. They look like they can barely win now. Barely. Against a bad Giants team. At home. On Monday night. Those are not the signs of a team that is going to make the playoffs. And I'm telling you right now. I don't think they make the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. You heard it here. And... Actually, you heard it from my brother before me, so hats off to him for making that what I thought was a crazy prediction at the time. Moving on and talking about surprises, the other big surprise to me is the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys look like a Super Bowl contender. They do have the look of a team that can win a game in January, maybe two, maybe make it to the Super Bowl. They look good. Offensively, they can run the ball. Offensively, they can throw the ball. Dak Prescott looks like he didn't break his ankle in three places and miss most of the season last year. He looks like good old Dak Prescott. He looks good. Really good. Defensively, they look good. They're getting some pressure on the quarterback. The linebackers are doing their job plugging the run. The secondary looks good. Diggs looks like... He looks... He looks more like defensive MVP than he does rookie of the year. He may win both. He looks spectacular. And he's given that secondary some kind of swag where they can hang with good throwing teams. And they've played really good football. Now... What is it that can knock them off the, off off of their perch? Injuries, right? You got a, a bit of a scare with uh, with Dak Prescott going down last week. He was out. They had to bring in Cooper Rush, and they won anyway, right? So again, they're a good football team. Someone's gonna have to go to Dallas and try to beat them in the playoffs. Someone's going to have to face them in the playoffs and and try to knock them off. And it's not going to be easy because they can score. And defensively, their defense is playing good enough to keep them in football games. So, a very pleasant surprise. And remember, McCarthy is not a terrible coach. Now, he wasn't great last year. But he was good in Green Bay. He just didn't get along with Aaron Rodgers, apparently, at some point. So, go figure. But, the Cowboys are looking like a good football team. And, it also helps that they're in a fairly easy division. I don't want to disparage the division too much. But, it does have the Giants, Washington, and the Eagles in it. And, those three teams are not very good. So, They look like they're going to run away and win that division and 
start to set their sights on something bigger than just winning the NFC East or just making the playoffs. Now, the trade deadline's coming up. I'm sure they're poking around trying to see how they can shore up their defense because that's probably their biggest concern. But you never know. They could make a move that could help them a lot. They have been a surprise, and I'm sure to the people of Dallas or the people that root for Dallas around the country, they've been a pleasant surprise because I don't think they quite expected them to be as dominant as they are right now. They're sitting at 6-1 and one atop the NFC East, and it looks like they're about to run away with it. And I don't think a lot of people had that. So, and the concern was always Dak Prescott and the defense. Dak Prescott looks great since he's come back. The defense looks really good. Stephon Diggs looks great. So, everything's turning up roses for the Cowboys at this point. Um, But we've got half a season to go, thereabouts. Maybe a little bit more, or maybe a little bit less. But those are my two surprises in the NFL. Um, I'm not going to go over the entire league. I'll save some of that for when my brother is back. Um, The AFC North looks like a lot of fun. There's four good football teams there. Baltimore leads, followed very closely by the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Browns. Uh, Anyone can win that division. The NFL should contract. That's another thing that I've come to the conclusion after week eight weeks of the NFL season. The NFL needs contraction. When you have teams like the Texans and the Jaguars, which are minor league teams, for lack of a better word. I mean, that's what they are at this point. We've got too many teams. We got to, we got to start getting rid of teams. It's too much. You can't have teams like the Texans and the Jaguars in the league. It's bad for football. It's watching the Texans and the Jaguars play is painful. The only time it's not painful is when they're playing each other because then, well, they're kind of even. They're both two minor league teams. But if if the NFL, look, I understand we're always going to have some teams that are better than others and some teams that are worse than others. I get it. But to have two teams that are markedly below the rest of the NFL, I mean, it's not even close. Those two teams are not even close to NFL caliber. Now, the Jaguars have some young pieces that they may turn into something. The Texans are in full-on tank mode at this point. I don't even think they're trying. I mean, it is... It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And I'll tell you, as someone who lives in the Houston market and is lucky enough to get the Texans game every single weekend, it's painful. It's painful to watch. And it's times like this when we have two teams that are so far below the rest of the NFL, I am convinced we should contract. We should get rid of some teams. And those two would be my first two candidates. A, terrible. B, not greatly run organizations. Three, they have no real history. It's not like you're getting rid of the Pittsburgh Steelers and all the glory years of them, right? And all of their Super Bowl rings and whatnot. You're talking about two teams with just about no history, just about no legacy, no nothing. No dent in the playoff history book if you get rid of them. So those two would be my first two candidates. And quite frankly, I'm sure that if I... Thought about it some more. I almost said thunk. If I thunk about it some more, there'd be a couple more that we could contract. Um, anyway, so that's 
that's all I have to say about the NFL for now. Last thing I want to talk about, and uh, I'm going to keep it a little bit short today since I'm flying solo. And, uh, you know, it's tough talking by yourself. Some might even say it's kind of crazy, but whatever. This is what I do. Um, As you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, I have grown this ridiculous goatee over the last, uh, I don't know, five weeks, uh, six weeks. I have not trimmed it at all. It is long, it is bushy, and it is just, it's not out of control because, well, it's all, you know, it's pointed straight down and, and whatnot, but I haven't trimmed it. And so it's just going. I'm starting, if, if, if I let it go any longer, I'm going to look like Jim the Anvil Neidhart from, you know, 1980s, 1990s wrestling fame, WWE wrestling. Uh, <clears throat> Jim the Anvil Neidhart, who had the long red beard. Mine is not quite red. Mine is, um, mine is more uh, black, white gray white gray and more white and gray it seems to be getting more and more white and gray not quite santa claus white and gray just not quite black either anyway so uh now that we are in november i have decided that i will go ahead and get rid of the goatee or get rid of the bottom part of the goatee Right, the go the part that makes it a goatee and not a mustache. I'm gonna get rid of it, and I'm gonna go into November. I'm gonna go with a mustache, and that is gonna creep everyone out. It's a terrible look for me, but it's for a good cause. Um, you know, we all have men that we care about in our lives. We all have dads, brothers, husbands. Uh, uncles, uh, we all have men in our lives, and <clears throat> men typically don't focus on their own health. You know, we usually stick to being hardworking cats, and we don't worry too much about our own health. But for the month of November, or Movember, as we're going to call it now, we need to focus on men's health. And you know, I want I want everyone who listens to this podcast to reach out. To the men in their lives, the men that are important in their lives, and you know, make them aware that they need to take care of themselves, take care of their health issues, you know, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, get tested, um, go get a physical, um, suicide prevention. You know, <clears throat> I read a, a ridiculous statistic that said 60 men commit suicide every day, um, or something crazy like that. You know, it's it's too much. Um, mental health is as important as your physical health. Go out there and take care of yourself. If you listen to this podcast, reach out to the men in your lives and encourage them to take care of themselves, to get a, an, a, you know, an annual physical exam. Uh, encourage them to get, if they're old enough, to get their prostate checked, to get all the cancer screenings that they should be taking, to take care of their mental health. Um, take, let's take care of the men in our lives and let's encourage everybody to <clears throat> stay healthy and stay strong. Look, over the last 18 months, we've talked a lot about health. We've worried a lot about health with COVID. Um, but there's a lot of other things that still still go on. Cancer, 
um, all, all kinds of you know diabetes and whatnot. Let's just take care of ourselves completely. You know, just like we get vaccinated, just like we wear masks and all that stuff. Let's also get our annual physical exams. Let's get tested and make sure that we're a-okay. Um, so the next time you see me, you'll see me without this ridiculous goatee that I have right now. And you will see me with a fresh mustache. I don't know how bushy I'm going to leave it. Maybe I'm going to trim it up a little bit so that I'm not too crazy. But I'm going to have a mustache because, well... It's Movember. So, reach out to the men in your lives. Reach out to your husband, your father, your brother, your uncle. Um, reach out to all the men in your life and encourage them to take care of their health. Their physical health, their mental health. Encourage them to go get a physical exam like they should every single year. And um, make sure that they are taking care of themselves so that we can be around for a good long time. And continue to talk about sports and all the other good things that we like to talk about and do. Um, <clears throat> folks, that's about it for me. As always, you can catch our podcast, the Positive Sports Podcast, on YouTube. Um, or you can listen to it on whatever podcast platform you choose. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean. Whatever podcast platform you choose for your podcast listening pleasure. If you want to get a hold of us here at the, on the podcast, you can email the show, positivesports10 at gmail.com, positivesports10 at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of my brother Alex, you can reach him on Twitter at BrooklynGaucho1. If you want to get a hold of me, you can do so on Twitter as well, at emontana21. And with that, We've come to the end of another wonderful episode of the Positive Sports Podcast. I have missed you all greatly, but I have enjoyed talking to you once again. And until next week, folks, ignore the negativity. Be the positivity. Peace.